This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello church family. Here we are in January 2021. I think a lot of people uh, wish that when the calendar shifts from 31st of, of December 2020 to 2021 that everything will just change. But uh, we don't know the future and we don't know what's going on. But we know that God is sitting on His throne. You know, I was speaking to some people in America after the American elections and so much confusion and so many things. But remember, we do not operate from a place where we make our decisions based on fear, based on our circumstances. Because God has never promised us a life of prosperity in the world, you know. And uh, Jesus challenged the disciples on this many times. And so I want to encourage you in this year as the family of God, as the people of God, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. You know, let's live with the urgency and the intentionality in our relationships. Uh, I read a study this week that came out of uh, Europe that said the people that live the longest are the people that have healthy relationships, not people that have a lot of wealth or a lot of things in this world and um, and especially as we in South Africa enter into this place where we're very unsure about COVID and what's happening around us uh, let's keep our eyes focused on the Lord I want to encourage you but I want to challenge you and admonish you and say hey do not get distracted and so let's pray as we Open up our hearts for the Word of God. So, Father, we want to thank you this privilege we have to spend around your Word. Thank you that we can open up your Word, Lord, and that we can say it is alive. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And, Lord, let your Word cut between our soul and spirit this morning. Holy Spirit, we don't want just an intellectual understanding because we cannot lean on our own understanding. We want to thank you today, Lord. Year in January that you have made this day and that you've made this year and Lord that you've gone before us. So thank you Father as we commit our lives to you again, as we consecrate our lives. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord we do not want to stand back in this time. We want to know you, pursue you, but we can't do it without your spirit. So we bless you in Jesus name. Amen. I want to encourage you. You know, every year, get a word from the Lord. Don't just go into the year holding on to your own understanding. Trust the Lord. Do not lean on your own understanding. You know, so take some time off in this month of January. Maybe fast a day. And just ask the Lord, Lord, what's your word for me? What's your word for my family? Yeah, Uh, I felt specifically this word that I'm going to start to share this morning is for us as a church family in Stellenbosch. Yeah, and it's a very simple word, but it's, it's so profound. It's so profound when we hear from the Lord. And I'm also going to share a picture with that, you know. And so this word in the main scripture is Matthew 6 verse 33. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Where, where does Jesus quote this? How does it work? You know, Jesus started in Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes. And he says these profound things. He says, you know, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then he continues with a lot of things, the principles that he shares with us concerning the word and concerning our lives. 
And isn't it amazing when we get the direction from the Lord, you know, and we don't always are going to get an angel appearing to us and saying, hey, thus saith the Lord, go henceforth and thee be do, do, doing that and that and that. But we can live by principles and by the values of God. When that's our direction, we know the path that we should walk on because the word of God is the light unto our feet. It's a lamp unto our feet. And so <clears throat> Jesus begins to tell a lot of stories in Matthew 5 and 6 or things or principles that he shares with us. And then he gets to Matthew chapter 6 because he wants to tell us that the things in this world, you know, cannot anchor us. There is no way. You know, that's why scripture, even David got this. He says, look up unto the mountains. Where shall my help come from? Why? Because when you look to the mountain there at the back, what you see is you see steadfastness. You see faithfulness. That mountain doesn't move. It's the same with the kingdom of God. And that's why Jesus said there's two things we must seek. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Two things, not just the one. Don't just seek the kingdom of God because you can be involved in ministry. You can do a lot of things for God, but still you don't know him. You don't know his righteousness. So you have to seek those two things together. And so the first word is seek. You know, if I say to you, there's an open field here. There's a treasure hidden here. There's a treasure chest somewhere, a meter into the ground. Sure. And there's a million dollars in it. <laughs> then you know what you're going to do is you are going to get a metal detector. You're going to firstly buy this field. You're going to put up a fence around it quickly. And then you're going to start looking for it. You know, you're going to search. And it's like an imperative word. It's not, it's not like a, a word that when you find something, it stops. The seeking of the kingdom is a continuation because the more you find, the more you are going to seek, the more you are going to find. It's like a mystery, you know. The, the gospel is so clear, but God speaks to us in mysteries and he reveals more of himself to us as we seek. And so to seek means you are not distracted, you are hungry, you are always looking, you're always aware of what you're looking for, you know. That's why scripture says so many times, be sober, be vigilant. And so to be sober means that I am not filled with a lot of other things. I'm not uh, using another medium that dulls my senses. Be vigilant is I'm looking on the horizon. I'm like a watchman. I'm, I'm always ready. I'm always focusing on where I'm going. You know, if you're not sober, if you're drunk and you're driving... You don't have all your senses in place to be able to make clear decisions on the road, you know. And so I think one of the challenges as we've been to Malawi just now, two weeks ago, I was so challenged by the, the culture, the way people live there with him, Stephen Lungu, just such simplistic lives, you know, very simple lives, not fancy things, houses not full of stuff, not a lot of technology, but, you know, the contentment, and I <laughs> spoke about it, but, you know, we were driving down the road with him, Stephen, and we were just stopping because there was a friend coming from the other side. And so we stopped next to the road. We, were, we, we got out of the car and uh, just started to chat. Stopped the car right in the middle of the road, you know. And so it was such an amazing moment for me because I realized that the value of relationship is more important than the value of getting to your destination, to your next appointment. And uh, this was such a beautiful picture of stopping, greeting, introducing, 
saying hello and I thought like maybe they didn't see each other for a year and then I realized no it's just like they saw each other two weeks ago but if your value and your focus is right if you're sober as a Christian you are not going to get distracted and that's one of the big things and challenges in our world we want to be filled we want to be entertained we want to have the next best thing we want to have things on the outside that fulfills us but it actually distracts us And you can talk to any parent. I remember with my own kids when they were still small. It's like you buy them this amazing toys. But you know what? After half an hour, they're bored with the fancy technology toys. But then you just put them in the field and you give them a piece of rock. You give them a... Then suddenly it becomes a gun. It becomes like, yeah, they can play in nature. Why? Because it's the simple things of this world that will not distract. And we've been made like that. And yet, we are fooled many times in this world. And that's why Jesus says, hey, don't be anxious for these things. I'm going to read from verse 25 in Matthew 6. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It doesn't say don't plan. It doesn't say don't work. But he does say, don't worry. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor they reap nor gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Verse 29 of Matthew 6. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? <clears throat> so he starts there. We're going to Matthew 6.33. And he says, why, why do you worry about your life? I have a friend that says, worrying is sin. <laughs> Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. You know, be anxious for nothing. It says, don't try it not to be. It says, like, be anxious. It's a command. Because what is worrying? Worrying is placing your trust in yourself. When you start to worry, you start to scheme yourself. You don't trust really the Lord. You're not really dependent on the Lord. So more than ever, when we seek His kingdom and we seek His righteousness, because that's what we're going to talk about next week as well, then what we need to do is I say, I can't, I can't rely on myself. I have to be dependent on Him. Because it says, if you do these things, oh, you of little faith. He challenges us on our faith. Because... If I put my trust in myself, I don't, I don't need faith. If I put my trust in the worldly system, I don't need faith. If I put my trust in the president, I don't need faith. Because I can look to a man and then I can also blame that man. I can also blame the system. And what will happen through that process is you'll become critical and I'll become critical. Why? Because we will not put our faith and our trust in God. And that's why I say you have little faith. Isn't that the big thing that Jesus challenged the disciples with more than anything else? Is their faith. Remember calming the storm? He says, oh, where's your faith? Why well, I was with you in the boat. And so our challenge this year is to really trust the Lord and walk by faith. Because faith and worrying does not go into the same basket. It cannot be in your life at the same time. If you worry, 
it means you put your faith in man and your trust in man, not in God. But then it goes on, it says, therefore do not worry. It says probably, how many times does it say, don't worry, look at the grass, look at the birds, don't worry. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Meaning that if your focus is on those things, you will seek those things. You will seek the riches of the world. You will seek the things outside. And that's where we're getting up to 33. It says, for after all these things the Gentile seeks for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But, and when the scripture uses the word but, it means, but you seek first the kingdom of God. It doesn't say you're not allowed to seek those other things at all. You're not allowed to plan your life. No, we have to work. We have to do. We have to toil. We have to trust God for new ways of thinking in our businesses. In you know, Because the world is changing immensely. But he, but he says, but seek first. But seek first. Number one is the kingdom of God. And when that seeking, that seeking has to be applied with faith. It has to have faith with it. You know? It has to have a trust element in it. And so that is our challenge, is always seeking, but always seeking with faith. Because the Gentiles seek after the things of the world. That's what Jesus said. The people in the world, they look to worldly things. And you know, with COVID and so many things changing, you cannot rely on yourself or on the things of the world anymore. But that seeking means that I'm not just dependent, I'm not just putting my faith in God. I'm seeking the king of the kingdom. That's where it starts. You know, when I seek the kingdom, king of the kingdom, it means that the king is number one. The king rules and he reigns in my life. And that's what the lordship of Jesus means. The lordship means that, Lord, you are lord of my life. That term lordship means that he becomes owner. He can tell me whatever I need to do. I'm not in control anymore. So when I go to the shop and I buy something, I give money for that thing. And so when I give that money, that person gives me that thing or that maybe it's a bottle of cool drink. What happens? There's an exchange. I become the owner of that thing. It means that I now, it becomes, it, the possession comes over to me. It's not that shop owner's thing anymore. It's now mine. And so that was the great exchange at the cross. The great exchange wasn't just for forgiveness of our sins. The great exchange on the cross wasn't just for us to have a happy life. The great exchange was God coming to put the price on the table and say, I want to be Lord. I am exchanging. I am paying with money that cannot you cannot buy. I'm paying with the incorruptible seed of the blood of Christ. And so, if God bought us with the price, then He also has the right over our lives. And that is where it boils down to the challenge in the modern day Christianity. We don't talk about the Lordship of God anymore. We don't talk about what that exchange actually means. And that's why Jesus says that it's not about Him or because He's selfish. It's just that there's a price that has been paid for you and me. And that price is the blood of Christ. If we really want to walk into His freedom, then we need to say He's Lord. We need to seek the King of the kingdom first. And that kingdom, we're going to talk about it next week specifically, that kingdom starts in our hearts. Because the disciples at a stage asked, now where is the kingdom? Because, hey, what, what is, it, is it a set of rules? And they wanted Him to rule over 
the Romans that were really oppressing them, you know, and we back to those times where we're feeling like really, really discouraged and many people are depressed and many people don't know the way out, you know. Maybe it's an emotional discouragement that you're going through. Maybe it's the tough times that you're going through that are oppressing you. And so there's another kingdom forcing itself in on your thoughts and the way that, that you and I think. But that's why scripture says and Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom. Because the things we worry about, that will be added to us. But you have to have a mindset of seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I've, I've seen that so many times. I remember this one day sitting in this small group with a bunch of young working people and everybody was just moaning and complaining and saying, how are we ever going to do this? How are we ever going to do that? And I, with my big mouth, just said like, look here, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. So by November, this and this and this will happen. And you know what? Woo! It costed a lot of faith. But by November, exactly as I trusted the Lord, it actually happened. Because you know what? Faith has got feet. And that ability, when you seek, it means like, hey, like the example I used, if I'm in this field and there's a treasure in this field, what do I do? I go buy that field. I go put up a fence. I put up a security guard there and say, you take watch over this field while I go fetch all the things and make ready. Because hey, I've realized the value and the freedom that that treasure will bring me. And I'm talking here about spiritual treasure. I'm not talking about earthly treasures. Because you know what happens when we seek the things of the world first? It becomes an idol in our lives. When we seek the things of happiness in our marriages and in our relationship first, then that becomes an idol. And anything you put above the Lordship of Christ and Jesus being number one in your life, it will become an idol. Because an idol means I try to find security. I try to find my identity from that thing that I put my trust in. And so in the West, our idols are being shaken. In the West, the challenge is what do we trust on? What do we rely on? And so many people are drawing back. So many people are making idols of their culture idols of their finances, you know, but anything you put above the Lordship of Christ as number one, hey, with no number two, that becomes an idol. And so it's so easy to idolize our own security. And that's why Jesus challenged, especially on the area of finances. Now, I want to talk about that because that's where we challenge at the moment. A lot of people are insecure as to where their provision will come from. And this year, you know, and this is the picture I'm going to leave with us because next week we're going to specifically talk about what does it mean to seek the kingdom and his righteousness. Righteousness meaning to stand in a right relationship with God. To stand free, blameless, spotless before God so that you're not judged by God. He's not this old man with the stick up there. But the righteousness of Jesus is something that's a gift that's been given to us on the cross and when we realize what it means to be righteous in God and not self-righteous. Self-righteous means that you and I rely on our own strength. It means like, hey, I've gone to church. Or I tithe every month to the church. Or I have been on 30 missions. Suddenly, the focus is on you and not what Christ has done. Then you enter into your own self-righteousness. And self-righteousness leads to pride. Because pride means like I'm a self-made man. And I think the Lord is using these tough times in our lives to let go, so that we let go of our self-righteousness, our own independency. And so the picture I'm going to leave, and we're going to talk about that again next week, is um, I saw this 
invitation from the Lord to come and sit at the table. Because seeking His kingdom and seeking His righteousness means that you and I must come and take our place at the table. Yeah, we have to. There's a place that God has given where you must go and sit. And there's places where unsafe people are invited to, to come and sit at the table of the Lord. And many, many circumstances, you know, even with Moses in the Old Testament, it's amazing when God would bring them up onto the mountain, there was always a table and there was food. <laughs> there was always a, a last supper. There was always a time when community was so important because you're not sitting alone. It's not just you and Jesus sitting at the table. It's a massive table, yeah? I've been to many weddings and then you have some, most of the times you don't have like single tables anymore. It's like these massive tables and everyone sits around that table. And that's the picture. To enter into the rest of God, to enter into His righteousness means you and I need to come and sit and let go of our own striving, our own performance and then say, okay, Lord, thank you that you gave me a righteousness which I cannot earn, I cannot I don't deserve it, but because of the cross, I have the freedom to seek your kingdom and to seek your righteousness. And then you'll add all the things, all the things I need, you will add them. But Father, I want to start seeking your righteousness, you know. And so that means that this table was full of food. It was just an overflowing, an abundance of emotional peace, of hope, of joy. Because that's what God promises us. That's what He promises us in the Holy Spirit. Is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. It's a relationship with God. It's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And you know, you have to get there. You have to trust the Lord in this year to go sit at that table, to rest in God. Even when circumstances seems like it's going mad around you. Even when you feel like the boat is sinking. There's a peace, a joy and a hope that God promises us. And so I want to leave you with that. Maybe today you feel like, sure, I, I don't have that space with God. I'm, I'm not. I'm just panicking. I'm, I'm so insecure as to what this year will hold. I'm not sure. I just wish 2020 was away. Now 2021, we're starting all over again. Hey, there's a hope. There's an invitation from the Lord where you have to allow Jesus to serve you. And then He becomes Lord of your life where you stand up, stand up and say, okay, now I'm going to start to serve other people because I've seen the example of Christ. But now it's not because of my own strength and my own good doing. It's because of what He's done. I now serve Him and see His kingdom come because of what He has done in my life. So I want to pray for you for that peace for this year. I want to challenge you. Take some time out. Spend some time in the Word of God. Get a word from the Lord for you, for your family, for the church. Yeah. And uh, let's see the kingdom of God come. Let's not be passive Christians this year. Don't sit back. <laughs> Seek the kingdom. Build that fence around your home, around your emotions, around your heart. <laughs> Go out and say, I want to seek. I want to know. I want to be hungry. I want to grow this year despite my circumstances. So let me pray for you. And um, I want to take authority and just pray God's blessing over you. Uh, because, hey, God does not promise us a life of just peace in the world. He says, hey, there's going to be challenging times. But what I do promise you is peace in your heart, the peace that surpasses all understanding. So let's not lose our hunger and our seeking in this time for God and to make Him number one, make Him Lord of your life over 2021. Don't hold back. So let me pray. Father, I want to thank you for this time that we could spend in your word where we can seek first the kingdom of God 
and your righteousness, not our righteousness. Father, and I pray for every person here that's listening to me, Lord, that has not come to sit at their place at the table. Lord, that may be sitting at somebody else's place. Oh, Lord, they maybe feel secondhand that they have not been invited, but you've invited everyone to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And Father, I pray for that righteousness, that peace and that joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, that truly you will bring it to pass in this year, that you will bring the freedom of Christ. So, Lord, that you can be Lord of our lives. Lord, set us free. Heal us from a corrupt culture, a corrupt world, Lord. Lord, that we'll be separate, living holy lives, different than what the world looks like. Lord, we don't want to conform to this world. We want to be transformed and renewed in your word this year. So here we are. We consecrate 2021 to you. We consecrate our families to you. We say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.